Since 1912, the Better Business Bureau has been an integral part of American business. BBB represents knowledge for consumers, resources for business owners, and accountability for all in a free market. We believe that informed is empowered. Empowered people run better businesses, make better buying decisions, and build better communities. That's why we're broadcasting information you need to know to work better, buy better, give better, live better. This is BBB Presents. Thanks for tuning in to this episode, BBB Presents Mental Health in a Brave New Workplace. Featuring the North Alliance on Mental Illness in Northern Kentucky, BBB's Sarah Kemmerer will talk with Dorothy Best and Susan Ferris about how you can navigate issues of mental wellness in the midst of a pandemic and a post-quarantine marketplace. Thank you for tuning into our first ever podcast, and this is such an exciting time for us. Please welcome Dorothy Best and Susan Ferris from the National Alliance on Mental Illness of Northern Kentucky, or NAMI, NAMI is how you say it? I think it's NAMI. (laughs) Dorothy is, I'm sorry? NAMI. So Dorothy is NAMI's Interim Executive Director, and Susan is the Director of Education and Programs. So Dorothy and Susan, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Yes, it's a pleasure to be here. Wonderful. So can you both explain the mission of NAMI? Uh, NAMI Northern Kentucky works to ensure, through collaboration, public education, advocacy, and to strive to inform and educate and reduce the stigma with mental illness. Wow, that that is incredible. Um, I'm so happy that you all are our first guest on this podcast. And I hope everyone in your offices, whether they're at their home office working from home or they're in person, I really hope they're all staying positive. And for those listening in, I want to ask the question that we know at the Better Business Bureau know that so many of us are concerned about right now. So what will it look like for the workforce to return to work? Um, A lot of our listeners have already returned to work, but a lot are also expecting to go back soon. So what's it going to look like for them? It's going to be different. It's not going to be anything um, like it was before. I can Um, only imagine. Yeah, people returning to work may be somewhat Um, Mm shell-shocked. They need to adjust to what may be someone, a new environment, um, and it may take a while. Um, it's like it's like a new employee starting uh, a new job. Right. It's that orientation or that reorientation <laughs> back into the yeah. workplace. Yeah. And um, I never thought about the process of becoming acclimated back into the workplace after being gone for so long. Big transition. Absolutely. And I know that so many different people have completely different experiences over these past months, these past few months. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to want to share those stories. And they need to share the experiences of what they didn't get to do. Mm. Um, they have a right to grieve not only over, unfortunately, if they have lost someone, whether it's through COVID-19 or some other reason, but we can also grieve those experiences like Dorothy mentioned in terms of graduations or maybe weddings were postponed or dramatically changed. And for these life ceremonies and rituals, 
that's a real loss, and, and that can be, um, you know, a, a celebration that you're looking forward to and then you don't get to have. Um, that's very discouraging and can be, well, downright depressing if you've missed it. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's so important to consider your coworkers' feelings since everyone processes at different paces. Um, mm-hmm. And to be checking in regularly with your own emotions and making sure that your mental health is, you're, you're considering your mental health and a lot of these emotions don't go ignored. Um, and, we, and we're all operating with some shared trauma right now for sure. So mm-hmm. for those listeners maybe in leadership roles, what do you think they're going to see in their workplace when staff return to work? Um, I think that um, there will be depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. um, and um, it's not going to look the same. And a recent survey says that um, a large percentage of people have um, increased um, taking antidepressants and sleep medication to help, you know, cope with being at home in the pandemic. So um, things are going to, um, there are things that employers are going to have to do um, to keep vigilant, to make sure that the employees get um, the help that they may need, um, trying to reorientate back into the workplace. Yeah. And some of the symptoms that the employer or a person in leadership may notice um, or become aware of would be that the employees are, have been, are or have been suffering from insomnia. Uh, perhaps there has been increased alcohol use or some eating problems um, and definitely increased worry and stress. And, of course, all of these, especially over a period of time, like we talked about before, uh, they're going to have an impact on someone's work habits. Oh, yeah. That's so important that you you bring that up. Um, And those are some symptoms that you may recognize immediately or you may not immediately see in your coworkers. So I know that I've personally experienced being lonely and unproductive while working from home. And at the moment, our Better Business Bureau, we're still working from home as much as we can. And I never realized how important that office camaraderie and energy is day-to-day. I definitely work better when when working off my coworkers or we share a joke here and there. But I'm guessing people won't be bouncing back right into that high energy, high productivity level that they probably were at when um, right before quarantine happened. So how do you think mental health is going to be impacted as people adjust to go to going back into the office? Employers need to hopefully realize or come to realize that depression itself, um, depression has an impact both on motivation and problem solving. And so when people come back and they're in a state of depression, return to work, those folks are going to have a harder time engaging in new goals um, as well as being able to focus and also concentrate on their work. So, this, you know, if you're in a state of depression, it's ongoing. It, it, it's going to show It's going to symptomize itself in your work habits. Oh, absolutely. And I, I'd imagine that some of these symptoms may be hard to find if you're not super close with your coworkers. 
And it's not like you, you're able to see it um, as a scar on their arm or something very visible. Um, so it, it may be hard if you're not super close with your coworkers, and maybe if each person has an individual office or their own desk where maybe they're not seeing their coworkers um, every so often. And, and that's where mm-hmm. it's important to the employer. He, he or she is going to have to make the effort to... Um, figure out if they see any big changes from how this person used to be, you know, before Mm COVID-19 and maybe enlist the help of other workers, co-workers. It's going to take a group effort. You know, it's like one of those things that, um, you know, if if they can afford it, their budgets allow them to to bring in uh, breakfast one morning, like, you know, do the donuts and coffee and, and and let people just interact with each other, you know, and then, um, you know, maybe a month or so later if we do pizza at lunch and see how things have changed if people were still struggling or, you know, uh, you know, have we adjusted to being back to being in the same environment we were or, you know, is that person who was very outgoing, um, and very on time with their projects and stuff. If they're, you know, quieter, um, not really yeah. out the, the work that they were. Not as productive. Um, yeah, not as interactive with their mm-hmm. coworkers. Um, you know, those are, those are times where we need to say, uh, you know, is everything all right? You know, um, yeah, and kind of re, like, kind of evaluate yeah. how people are feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and having a social situation is a place where you can observe people without, you know, um, singling anyone out or, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. <laughs> it definitely sounds like it's a big group effort. Um, it's a team effort. No one wants to be um, secluded from it, and everyone should be working together to make sure that that camaraderie and that work level could back into the office. So, right. it's, yeah. Yeah, and they need to know that it's okay to talk. So, and you raise really great points that everyone is dealing with this differently. So, once employers once once everyone gets back into the office and the employers recognize the needs of their staff, and you've, you've kind of already answered this, but what can the employers do to help? Well, they, first and foremost, they need to be flexible. Um, as, as we keep saying, things are not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. So in terms of flexibility, if at all possible, and of course every business is different, it's especially important for work schedules whether it's by the particular hours of the day or actually the days themselves. Because with people, the child care may still be unavailable for them. Normal family routines may no longer still exist. And, of course, we're thinking about school. Okay, school's out for the summer anyway. But uh, in terms of sports and practices, you know, all this is still on hold. Um, music lessons or swim lessons or whatever, these things are not going on when they normally would be. So who's with the kids? Do people need mm-hmm. to come in late, leave work early? Do they need to leave at lunch to go take care of something? 
the employer is, if he, if he wants to help his employees, he's going to have to be flexible. Exactly. And I think it's important mm-hmm. to reiterate that every employee's situation is different. You can't assume that, oh, I have two employees that both have, that both have kids. Their both situations are going to be extremely different. So, mm-hmm. so one solution may not work for another. No. And the thing of it is, is we don't know how their economics were uh, affected. Yeah. And so, um, you know, there, there are lots of different issues that people just really had no idea um, how, how, the, they were gonna, how they were going to affect their lives. And, um, you know, we hear about people who never, ever would have been in the food line. In, in a car line to get food, um, and suddenly you find yourself there because you have five mouths to feed, and you don't have, you know, the the income that you did. Mm-hmm. So that's a great point. Um, yeah. So people had, you know, not only the working from home um, aspects, but maybe they had, you know, less resources for um, taking care of their families. And um, it it really has you know changed the world. It's going right. to take them a while to be able to back to build that back up and get there. So you know they need to go up. If employees need to have time to go get the services their family needs. One thing they and we touched on this already is they need to allow for socialization. Um, people are going to need to share and talk, and, and we talked about maybe coffee breaks and lunch times being extended. But really, um, because every situation is different, every business is different, etc. Um, it's important that people have the opportunity to air um, their concerns, and this would also be an opportunity for the employer to set to air his or her concerns about the business, because. There's an economic need there, too. And so you really have to try to bring uh, honesty to the table and and have these folks on both sides saying what they need, you know, what their needs are mm-hmm. and how they think they can be best served. And you can't do that unless you... Unless we talk. Unless we talk about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I know that... Um, and it's like a not one size fits all scenario. And I know that many workplaces have different policies and procedures. But what mm-hmm. is something each workplace shares? Um, well, we have um, we have workers that we need to maybe redo a little bit. We need to. Um, reach out to our health insurance plans to see if there's any resources there that we can um, use, utilize, that our, that our employees can use, um, such as EAP, yeah. the Employee Assistance Plan. Um, yes, because there are resources, and if people need to, hear, need to go to a therapist, whatever, they need to know how much is covered, um, and what um, and how many visits they're allowed to have because there is there are time, there are limits many times um, and they just need to understand that um, 
things are going to be a little different. That um, yeah. And inside the office or the building or wherever they happen to work, there may be some things, hopefully, that the employer could do. He or she needs to be able to think outside the box. And so this might be in regard to schedules as well as accommodating individual needs. Is there a quiet room or a space where someone could go to to regroup or de-stress? You know, people, as we said, are going to be dealing with depression and anxiety. Yeah. If I'm all beat up and, and, and need to just have some quiet time, is there a little space I can use? I, maybe I don't need to leave for the whole day, but maybe I just need 20 minutes, you know, with a cup of coffee and take an Advil or something. <laughs> uh, no, that's, you know, that's exactly right. Those are really, those are really great points. Yeah, can I go there and check up on my kids and make yeah. sure somebody came and picked them up? Um, is there someone on site that I can talk to? Um, you know, again, I don't need to go home and, and lose the whole work day, but I just need to go talk to Dorothy for 10 minutes, and I know that I'll feel better <laughs> with her. Well, she would hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can we allow for that? Can the employers yeah. say, Okay, if you need it, go here, go get yourself a Coke or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, the other side of that coin is is that um, all the employees need to understand that these things may be available to them at different times and whatever, and um, that if, if they see Susan in the in the grape room, drinking a Coke at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and they don't normally get afternoon breaks, um, it's okay. You don't need to sit there and feel like somebody is getting special attention yeah. that you're not. And, yeah. Um, you know. Kind of a timeout. A timeout, but not everybody needs a timeout. Because everyone is so different. Mm-hmm. Right. So... Just because you see someone um, behave, behaving differently than than things used to be, it's not, you know, special privileges or anything. It's trying to get themselves together to continue on. Yeah. Right. So this is definitely the time to get creative in the workplace. And this yes. is a situation that yes. none of us, could have considered happening, and we all kind of want to make sure we get through it, so you bring up some really great points of thinking outside the box, and it's up to us to help one another get through it, but I know it's not always intuitive how to do it, so what would you say to employers who just don't know where to start with their team? Well, they could give Nami a call, (laughs) and we would be more than happy to make suggestions. Um, I think they need to get in touch with their insurance companies and um, their HR departments. Um, if they're smaller and they don't have those things, um, I know that my husband, who is in insurance, um, they are coming up with programs to help people re- you know, reopen. So um, you need to not sit there and twiddle our thumbs. We need to start making phone calls and talking to it. 
call the Better Business Bureau and ask them <laughs> what resources they can come up with um, or what you have learned to help them. Um, this, is, this is an opportunity for everybody to engage each other's services. It's not the moment to silo yourself and say, um, well, I do this. Mm-hmm. And I can't, you know, cross over. And and I think it's also um, on a more personal level. Employers should know, and I I really think this is important. Employers should know that it's okay to ask your staff directly, whether it's in a group, a small group, or even as an individual, what they may need. Come right out and say. What can I do to help you transition back to work? What is it that I can do to make things better here for you? Um, It's so important because we may have overlooked or, again, uh, we may not be able to observe these kinds of things. And so after people are back for a few days, go ahead and ask people, what can I do to help you? Right. And I think it's, I, it's, I, I would love to reiterate that it's okay and encouraged to ask for help. And I think it goes regardless of position within the company. So, oh, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, lastly, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You go ahead. It starts just <laughs> down to, you know, the, the bottom. Everybody had to deal with something. Yeah, and exactly. it's okay for the employees to turn around and ask that employer, what can we do or what can I do to help make your day better? Because it is, as Dorothy said, it's the top down and they're going through their things too. They're people, you know, and everybody has somebody to answer to. And the stress of, of you know, opening up maybe a branch office and knowing that, you know, you've got, you know, the, the home office there watching to see what you're doing, that's stressful. Um, mm-hmm. It's very stressful uh, and it's not easy. No, it's not. And then you hear on conference calls or whatever what somebody else is doing in another city and, you know, maybe that is available to them. It's not to you. And then you're sitting there being stressed out by, well, you know, they're doing this over here in Baltimore and I don't have those resources here in Cincinnati. So, how am I going to get myself back up to par with them so it doesn't look like I'm slacking? And, um, yeah, it's a hard, it's hard. It's not easy. <laughs> so, yeah, I just want, I want to reiterate that it's okay to ask for help. We also have our local website, NAMINKY.org, but there's also a NAMI.org website, which is wonderful if people just want to know more about mental illness, and, and uh, there's a wealth of information about illnesses, uh, medications, what's new. There's a blog on there. Uh, so NAMI.org is it's an interesting site. You can learn a lot. Wonderful. And, uh, we have our, our uh, support groups that we would be more than willing to, um, you know, encourage people to try and, and Come to right now. They're going to be the Zoom, yes, for a while. But um, <laughs> hoping, we're hoping soon that we can open up and do our face-to-face uh, meetings because um, those are very important. And 
it's a place for people to come and just vent, you know. Yeah, and get it out of their system. Get it out of your system, and you know, and to let them know they're not alone. That they're, mm-hmm. you know, they sit in there thinking, they're sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Nobody else in the world knows what I'm going through. Well, this has been absolutely fantastic having you both on the show. Thank you, Dorothy and Susan, from the National Alliance for Mental Illness for, for, for providing us with so many wonderful tips and resources for employers who want to make a difference in their employees' mental health. Thank you for having us. Yes. And you very we much. have enjoyed um, working with the, the Better Business Bureau. Thanks for listening to this episode of BBB Presents. Until next time, connect with BBB Cincinnati on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Bookmark our site dedicated to resources for consumers and businesses in challenging times at covid19cincy.org. Don't forget to check out local businesses and do your part by leaving reviews at bbb.org.